Welcome to your Five Stripe Friday. We're ATLN's United Podcast. Thank you guys for, you know, letting us borrow your ears right now. I'm Blake the Marshman, joined by my awesome co-host. ATL Joe! And we are deep, 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 deep underneath Mercedes-Benz. Deep underneath the turf of Mercedes-Benz. Underneath Megatron's sphincter. We're here at Five Stripe Studios. We couldn't be happier to catch you guys up on all things Atlanta this week. We got a lot of news to catch up on, even though it's been a bye week. We got the crew coming to town. Joe, I, I don't know what to do. We got to crush the crew this weekend. Let's let's crush it. I love that song. It's always fun. It's always fun. I, and I've asked, I've been asked multiple times by friends, like, who is that and where'd that song come from? It always gets you pumped up on a Friday morning. You're like, you know, everyone's trying to get into the spirit for the weekend, especially when we play on a Sunday. But I, I, I do too. I mean, it, it's it's Atlanta United. It's who? What? Where did the song come from, Joe? Just for our new listeners. Well, our wonderful producer Britt made the song. She created it and invited a good local Atlanta rapper, Saint Bree, to come in and do the lyrics. And if you want a sample of the song, it's on SoundCloud. But he has not finished the whole song yet. But they're still collaborating on it, and it's like a fine novelist that wants that perfect book. But all his fans want, and her fans want them to just come out with it right away. You can't rush greatness. Yeah, you can't rush art is what someone told me, or I think I heard it somewhere or something along those lines. But we've been pushing them every day to get a, get that full song out there. So keep tuned. Keep tuned. Maybe by the end of the season we'll have a full song. We are not as good at releasing tracks as we are at releasing podcasts, but we're going to keep coming to you guys every week. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, just a quick, quick bit. If you guys like the show, rate us, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your parents, tell your grandparents, you know, tell the uh, the people you work with. If they like Atlanta United, they should listen to our show because we like Atlanta United and we do this for you guys. Let's talk about what's going on in Atlanta right now, Joe. All right. We got, we got so much going on yeah. always. And last week was great. I hope you guys made it out to all the wonderful events that were going on. This week, we're bringing it back to the home, and we're playing another soccer game in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. But if you still want some more stuff to do around the weekend, there's a really cool art festival going on at Piedmont Park. It's They do it every summer. It's Piedmont Summer Arts Festival held on Saturday and Sunday. So get out there Saturday. Get out there Sunday morning before the game if you feel like it, and go do some explore some visual arts from around around the city i love going to piedmont park when the temperature is just perfect and you know everything's green beautiful park i always try to catch the uh, the dogwood festival there as well and saturday and, and sunday are looking a little dicey right now i think on the weather report you know kind of 50 to 60 percent chances of rain on both those days uh still to be determined if the roof will be opened uh for the Atlanta united game 
I still want to see it open in this eight-minute window that everyone's been talking about as part of the pregame warm-up. I think that'd be sweet. Saving it for playoffs. Maybe we're saving it for the playoffs. It would be nice on like a crisp fall night, you know, when it's just got a little nip to the air and open that roof up and some chilly breeze flows through and Atlanta United scores a bunch of goals. That'd be fun to watch. Let's talk about really the most important thing. The MLS standings is something that we have been hitting on. We didn't play this week. And so I think we have to talk about what's gone on around the league because pretty much everyone but us played this week especially in that direct competition for the Sporter Shield. While Atlanta United got their very own exclusive bye week, everyone else was still in the middle of their grind of the season trying to catch up to Atlanta. And you had both New Yorks play this week. They, we were both on the road thinking that there's a possibility they might drop points, and they both came back and they, they got a win. But and all is not lost. All is not lost. Uh, Dallas and Portland were the other two teams that we mentioned that are in this hunt. Both of those teams lost, and one most recently this past Wednesday when D.C. United played Portland, and Wayne Rooney in the late minutes when it was tied 2-2 two to two, was able to track back a ball that they were scrambling to go score the, the game winner and came back. He steals the ball, runs down the field, plays a deep cross in, and Acosta comes in out of nowhere and heads it into the goal. It, it was fantastic. I mean, the best part about it was that it was against Orlando City. Yes, like, I said they, Portland, but that's they beat Portland just last night yeah. on Wednesday night. But they So D.C.'s on a tear right now. Excuse me for saying that, but they beat Portland 4-1 to one just recently. But their game-winning goal came against Orlando City, which is even better. So DC is one of those teams that we'll we'll talk about continually. I, you know, I know we play them one more time before the season's over. They were one of those teams, kind of like us last year, that didn't have a home field for a long time. So they have a very backloaded schedule. If you guys remember, Atlanta United was kind of hanging out in you know seventh to eighth sometimes even until we got all those games at home in a row, and then we just went on the tear and made the playoffs. I think we might see something similar from DC this year. I'm not I'm not saying it's a hundred percent. But with Rooney playing the way he's playing, you know, they got our old boy, Yamil Assad, and they got a lot of games in hand on everyone else. You know, DC United has still only played 21 games. We've played 24. They could creep up in the standings. Let's talk about the top, though. Well, before you do that, you mentioned DC, and this is going to might be a, a, a recurring theme because, interestingly enough, DC United plays New York City twice. They play New York Red Bulls twice. Yeah. They play us one time. They go on and play, even though they played Portland last night, they play them again. And they also play Dallas again. So that's one team to maybe keep an eye on throughout the rest of the season. They play all the competition of the Supporters' Shield, including us. Hopefully we win that game, and then they can go on and tear up the rest of the league. And it's one team to maybe keep an eye on that that might be the deciding factor as to who comes out on top on the supporter shield. I completely agree with you, Joe. And that's actually what I was trying to get at was at the top, it's going to be drastically affected by this DC United team. Like what is going to go on over the rest of the season? Because DC United really could dictate the supporter shield standings winner easily because they play everybody at the top. Obviously, both the New Yorks won. We're not too worried about the Western teams in Dallas and Portland right now. They're kind of falling off. The only team that has a higher points per game average than us right now is the New York Red Bulls. 
NYCFC, we've played an equal amount of games and we're still a point in front of them with a higher goal differential. We have the exact same goal differential as the New York Red Bulls. I think that's something to hit on. I think if you had to take Vegas odds right now, who do the, the you know the Sharps have their money on to win the Supporter Shield? I'd say it's probably a 50-50 split between Atlanta United and the New York Red Bulls. Yeah, and that that's um, very interesting. And you know this top of the race is very nuts right now. It's it's crazy. You've got so many teams that are averaging close to two points a game. And I went back and looked at the standings since they raised it in 2011. They raised everybody plays 34 games. And since then, no more than two teams have ended up with 60 points. And basically, the first team to 60 wins the Supporter Shield race. Well, it's not that crazy to think that maybe five or realistically even six could possibly get 60 points this year instead of the average of one to maybe two yeah i mean toronto broke the record last year we have to hit on that obviously but the fact is is that there is a bigger gap at the top in the mls than there's ever been i think this is a sign that the league is evolving i think this is a sign that in any good league around the world the best teams rise to the top. The MLS has had some great parity over the years, but I think there's some dominant teams that have had good financial backing, just like the top clubs all over the all over the world. You know, the top clubs in England, there's about six top teams there, and they make they make it every single year in that top, you know, one to eight range. Due to due to finances somewhat, but also just due to having great talent in the front office, great people behind the club, people that are investing their money back into the players, back into the coaching staff. And that's what we've seen from Atlanta United. As much as we hate on the New York teams, they're doing a great job of development and and using cash wisely as well, no matter where their financial backing comes from. Obviously, NYCFC is from, you know, <laughs> pretty much Manchester City in, in England. But Yeah, and Dallas is a great example of the youth system. Exactly. They, they may not spend the most money in the league, but they they put all their sources, resources into their youth system and developing that academy. And Dallas, if you look back at it, they are they are in the top of the Western Conference year in and year out. And another team that has a wonderful youth system is Sporting Kansas City. So, And then Portland's kind of a mix between the both where they aren't afraid to spend money, but they also put a lot of it in the development of their players. Which is so crucial for the future of the MLS, the academy system, you know, nurturing and growing talent. And when you look at the bottom of the supporter shield, because this is what we're really talking about is the standings, I think it reflects a lot of apathy by front offices around the league. You look at the teams that are near the bottom are the teams that owners aren't really investing in the club. They're not connecting with the city. They're not spending money on talent. San Jose, Chicago, Colorado, New England. I'm kind of calling you guys out to a certain extent because we know Orlando's near the bottom of the pack. We don't even need to talk about Orlando's situation. But the MLS as a whole, I like that the teams that are trying to run a club the way a club should be run are rising to the top. And, uh, you know, if NYCFC ever moves off that baseball field, maybe someone will beat them at home. <laughs> yeah, and so this is going to be a very tight race and looking forward to how it plays out in the future. Uh, in other news, some big report came out that a Manchester United youth player, I believe his name was Will was it Hunt? 
So he can he is rumored to come to the states and be in one of the academies and he's he is looking at Atlanta United as well as a couple other teams like Philadelphia and Sporting Kansas City. So keep an eye on that. We might be able to bring in an, he's an American kid coming to the back to the US maybe to be another Carlton. Potentially. Uh, a couple corrections there just because I have my computer pulled up. Will Vint is his is his name. He lost his English visa playing for Manchester United. Work permits can be very tricky in England. You have to hit like a certain number of prereqs to really go up through the youth system, not being an English-born player for the Premier League. So he's coming back. This is a guy, he's only 16 years old. We pick him up, though, nurture him along for, for three to four years, and then he'll have the opportunity to go back and play in Europe. Could be a great opportunity We'll see what happens. He's looking for the club that develops youth the most. Could be us, could be Dallas. I think Sporting Kansas City does a great job as well of implementing youth in their system. So we'll see who he picks. Tata does have some pull, though, so he could end up in an Atlanta United jersey before it's all said and done. So this is a great story to watch, and Blake, I definitely thank you for correcting me there. Uh, Helped me from hurting myself. But other than that, Blake, tell me who's hurting. Injury Report. Injury, injury, injury. I'm not. I'm not really sure that anyone's hurting super bad right now. We have some players recovering from injury, and I think that is the best sign. We don't have any fresh injuries. We have recovery, and I know that we've lost some people to surgery. We talked about it. Last week, Mikey Ambrose, they said successful surgery. I was very upset by that. To me, that is very unsuccessful that Mikey Ambrose is out for the year. So let's talk about left back. We've talked about it a lot. Greg Garza is back kind of training. I still think we won't see Garza till maybe like the last game or the playoffs. But that could be a huge boost for us at the end of the year. This is a great sign, though. He's, he's back in the training fields. He's working out trying to rehab and he's walking again so that, I mean, this is there's only signs pointing to a good thing we're seeing Greg Garza signs of Greg Garza that he may be able to finish the season out the last couple games to warm up for playoffs you mentioned that he's walking again I don't think he ever stopped walking but that also, that also is very encouraging Joe that Greg Garza can still walk with his shoulder injury Darlington Nagby is another player that has yet to come back into the fold but I've, I've dug deep, and reports are that Nagby is doing excellently in his rehab. And I think we could still see Nagby. I'm going to say this. I think we could possibly see Nagby before the end of August. I think a mid-September return is more likely. Due to an excellent acquisition and Eric Remedy, we haven't really missed a beat there. Larry's been playing solid. Our midfield has been solidified in his absence, even though I, I thought he was one of our best players at the beginning of the season. I, I don't even think that. I know that. But at the same time, what this midfield looks like with a healthy Darlington Nagby, who gets forced out, it's something we can discuss later in Tata's tactics. But it's great news that we have players. We're not just talking about new injuries. Obviously, it was an off week, so we weren't going to have a lot of new injuries. But we hope no one gets hurt in training. But we're going into it with progress and rehab. That's all you can really ask for is no setbacks. But I really think that's that's all we got with injuries. And because we don't have a game to recap, let's take it right in. We got a preview Columbus crew this weekend. 
bringing Columbus crew back to Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Ugh. And oh, what a bitter taste I have in my mouth from that last, last devastating playoff out that Ugh. we faced Columbus crew. Zero to zero, all the way down to penalty kicks. That was just a bad day, Blake. That was actually the first time you and I uh, came down underground to the depths of Mercedes-Benz to enter Five Stripe Studio that night. Yeah, we may have found a dungeon that night. And going on, though, we beat Columbus Crew the first time we faced them this year. And what I would say may have been one of the Atlanta United's most complete games all season long. Despite the box score showing Columbus out shooting Atlanta 12 to 6 during that game, we beat them 2 nothing. We were coming off a wonderful game on the road against New York City where we tied 1 to 1 and Brad Guzan was playing great and if, uh and he kept another clean sheet during that game. So, if you're keeping his clean sheet, Blake did uh did he get a clean sheet this week? Well, we didn't play a game. So the other team that we would be playing didn't score any goals. I think it's a time for another Brad Guzan. It's clean sheet. That's right. We are uh, we're so corny about celebrating Atlanta United players that even when we don't play, we're outraged that we don't have anyone in the team of the week. I'm outraged. I looked at the team of the week. I was like, where's Atlanta United? They should have had the wall in goal. Brad didn't give up any goals the whole week. And uh, credit to our defense, we didn't even allow a single shot. No shots on target. That's, Wh- where's the love, MLS? That's with the depleted defensive line. Uh, we have no right back, no left back, no subs. I did vote Wayne Rooney for goal of the week because, one, he beat DC, or I'm sorry, he beat Orlando City with a great DC United goal, which we already talked about. Two, I think that he, he, he kind of had a word with Joseph before the game. And Joseph was like, Wayne, I can't play this week. And I'm, I'm just honestly, I've been working on my hair, and I've been working on, you know, obviously getting hat tricks. But would you go out and, and just beat down Orlando for me? And Wayne, Wayne kindly obliged, so I had to give him that vote. But You know, I love it. It's, it's funny how Wayne Rooney is getting all this credit for a goal while Luciano Acosta is the one that scored. On top of it, his goal gave him a hat trick, and Wayne Rooney's the one that's getting all the hype and the credit in the media. Poor Acosta, who's been the backbone of that D.C. team all season long. He's played uh, great. He's played great. Now, granted, Wayne Rooney did come in and score a goal, a wonderful free kick against Portland. I believe he scored two goals against Portland. So Rooney could be up for goal of the week during that, but it would be wonderful, very wonderful, if they put him up for goal of the week for the assist that he got but put his name instead of Acosta. That would be the ultimate, ultimate outcast. It's just like, how can you forget Acosta? It's it's heartbreaking. Let's talk about the Columbus crew. Yeah, coming off three games. <laughs> we got a little off subject there. Three games they've won in a row. They beat some teams we've talked about. The Red Bulls, they beat Orlando, they beat Houston. We haven't had trouble with Orlando, but we had trouble with those other two teams this year. Yeah, and, and, and you're speaking of the Red Bulls. They didn't just beat Red Bulls in Columbus. They actually went on the road to New York Arena over there and beat them on the road. So 
that's tough. They go to New York and beat them, and now they're coming to Atlanta, a place that should be tough to play, but we have struggled to get results, the results that all our fans want as a win in recent games. We've had a couple draws, we've had a couple losses, and it's been somewhat of an enigma for our team, Blake. And I think I think it's shocking is the word I would use. And to our fans that are there with, with Joe and Britt and I every week, in the supporters section, you guys kind of understand what we're talking about. It's not just an enigma. I think it's shocking. We have the the best support in the MLS, in my opinion. And I think we have the best support in the MLS in a lot of other people's opinion. There's some other great teams on the West Coast that pack out their stadiums. Much respect to Portland and Seattle, what they do. Much respect to LAFC coming into the league and playing as well with the support they've had. I'm sure there's teams I'm forgetting with fantastic support. But we've been packing out the bins. We've been behind the team for the full 90 minutes. Yet, we're at the top of the standings with one of, one of the worst home records at the top. Out of the top six teams, only one other team has only won seven games at home. That's Montreal. Columbus has won more games at home than Atlanta. Both the New Yorks have won more games at home than Atlanta. I think... It's a little bit disturbing that we've struggled as much at the bins this year as we have, and that's why going into this game against Columbus, I'm not super confident. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I think we're healthy, the players that we have available. We've had rest. But what, what are you thinking, Joe, going into this game with our current home form? Well, you've got Columbus coming into the game red hot. They've won three in a row, but before that, they they lost a couple in a row, and they have been a team that's been up and down this whole season. Uh, So maybe they're due for a loss or a draw, hopefully not a draw. But just before that game, Zlatan Ibrahimović came in to Columbus and scored a hat trick right before the All-Star game. That's right. And went ham, scores himself a hat trick, and we've got a guy named Joseph Martinez. And he will not be one-upped by anybody in the league. No, Joseph's on fire this so year. So what will Joseph Martinez do against this Columbus crew? That's something I'm looking forward to. And it's a game that we're coming off a bye week in all all respect. It, it was definitely a bye week. And so this is, this is a wonderful chance. We got ourselves to rest all our players, coming back to a hard week of training, getting ready to close out the season and win the Supporters' Shield and win the race to get into the CONCACAF Champions League. I, I'm going to throw this out there. I don't think there's a more informed team in the MLS right now than Columbus. They are just they're on a tear. I think that we are catching them at a dangerous time. The good news is, like you said, we had that bye week. Let's talk about some of the players that have made the difference for Columbus. And who is this, this version of Zardes? Not the FIFA version. I don't know if you played that, but... There's like a game mode on FIFA where Zardes is like in this like story mode yeah, with Alex Hunter. Have you have you played that? I did play that. And yeah, Zardes is the guy that they feature from the MLS when he goes to play for LA Galaxy. I'm where's like, where's Joseph? Like Zardes is the best player in the MLS? Anyways. So it must be the opposite of the, you know, the Madden curse is whenever they put on an NFL player on the cover of Madden. He plays terrible. He plays terrible. Well, they put a player featured on FIFA and amazingly he's playing awesome. He's playing incredible. He's not too far behind Zlatan Ibrahimovic for second place in the Golden Boot race. 
no one's ever going to catch Joseph Martinez because he's just going to keep soaring beyond belief. But Zardes is having one of the, his career years when he was able to be traded and go to a new team, a new face, and he's been playing wonderful. I do not expect Zardes to score a goal against Atlanta. Hmm. The goals he scores, although he's had some incredible goals, a lot of them have been very sloppy, and I'm still not on the Zardes bandwagon. So let's talk about another player that I think has not gotten the attention he deserves on Columbus, but he was highlighted during the MLS All-Star game. We got to see him here in Atlanta. I think that Zach Steffen is one of the best goalkeepers in the league, and I think he's the single reason that we went out in the playoffs last season. He played excellently during the penalty shootout. That's true. Which which knocked us out of the MLS Cup running. Didn't really get a lot of attention. I think Zach Steffen is one to watch for in the future. And I think he's played great again this year. And I think that's part of the reason Columbus is as high up in the standings as they are currently is because they have such a solid goalkeeper. And you can't harp on it enough. You see it all over the world how important having a solid goalkeeper is and how it can be make or break in your season. Columbus obviously is in the fourth spot in the Eastern Conference. They're seventh in the Supporter Shield. They're on a good run of form. This is a team that, despite the off-field situation right now, the rumors of them moving to Austin, the debate over the ownership of the club, the Save the Crew movement, we fully support saving the crew. We fully support this team staying in Columbus. But at the same time, this is just kind of something that I think they're their club should focus on how well they've been playing not necessarily what they can't control and that's what I've been most amazed by with this team is with all the drama surrounding it moving to Austin not moving to Austin who's gonna buy the club Mark Wahlberg was rumored to like buying possibly buying the oh, club. Oh, Marky Mark why does Marky Mark just jump in here but he's got money they've had a lot of outside noise and they've really maintained a solid core group of players and they've played well this season. They're arguably a dark horse for the for the cup. And wow, strong words. I mean, they're in fourth in the Eastern Conference. They're not that far behind us. They're only they're only what nine nine points behind us. That's yeah, three I, games. You're right. I mean, if they go on a little run there and the three teams above them kind of stagnate, tie or loss, and Columbus goes on a run, they could very well wind up in the top three, even maybe reach as far as second place and get that first round bye. And everyone knows that the MLS playoffs is a crapshoot as to who's going to get to the finals. Exactly. And so I guess what I'm getting at and what I, I think that everyone should know that listens to our show week in, week out is with off the field noise, as we've seen with uh, a player we're not going to mention that we've promised not to mention, it can cause a lot of drama within the team. But Columbus has just kind of zoned it all out and played really well all year. I've been impressed with that despite all the drama off the field with the club. So I, I know we're previewing this game. I know we want to crush the crew like we talked about earlier, but I think it's very important to at least recognize that the players on the field and the coaching staff has done a great job this year for Columbus. Yeah, it's going to be a very exciting game. Uh, but 
That leads me to tell you about Columbus's road form, and that may be a place where they have had a little bit of blips and uh, struggles during the season. And I'm going to have to tell you that we might have to put out a red card watch on Columbus Crew. Wow. Yeah. Uh, during their season, they've had three red cards. All three of the red cards have come while Columbus has been on the road. They get a little bit of chip. They get chippy on the road. They try to fight real hard, but. They get a little bit of unorganized and and watch out for that. And Mercedes Benz has been a place where red cards have come flying before. And beers come flying. It's a lot of beers have been flying at Mercedes Benz. Speaking of beers, you know what it's time for? No idea. I need a beer. Beer of the week. Every week. Every week. What do we got this week, Joe? This week. We got a, a very special beer coming from LaGrange, Georgia, Wild Leap Brewing Company. And this beer has got this wonderful tie-dyed buffalo on the front cover. It's called Alpha Abstract Double IPA. And Alpha Abstraction. Oh, thank you for the correction there, Blake. See, this is what I use you for, is correcting my faults. I'm just here, I'm just here for backup. I like this on the, uh, on the can. I don't know if you saw this. It says, I want them real thick and juicy, so find that juicy double. Uh, that's quoted by Sir Mix-A-Lot. I was about to say, is that a rap song? We're not going to source that song because that wouldn't uh, keep us family-friendly, but we are going to let you know that this is an excellent double IPA. It's fantastic. What's your thoughts on the beer, Joe? Well, I've been drinking it a, uh, a little bit beforehand, and, and it's been great. But let me spike one in for all our guests and all our crew, all our company. Got to spike it down. T T T L. Wow, dude, I'm sorry. I was way off beat there. That was an explosion. You got to watch the hammer, and not not just go with your own chant. That happens to me. You can't at games. go rogue. You can't go rogue on the ATL chant. You got to watch the hammer. That happens to me at games too. Before, because every celebrity they bring up on stage. I never know when they're gonna drop it. It's all they've all got a different count. We don't have a drummer going with the with the dun dun and then the A clap. Right. Dun dun. We T. stay so in sync on the Viking clap. Dun dun L. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, you gotta watch there's no drummer, so you gotta watch the hammer. The Some hammer Some people will go for the fake hammer drop too, you know what I'm talking They'll like hesitate and then hit it. You know what I miss is Bobby Dodd Stadium where they had the, the metal bleachers and while we were doing the thunderclap A, you would have a couple of jerkwads in the stadium, me being one of them, that would stomp twice on the bleachers sounding like a drum beat <laughs> and you'd have that section do the clap before the clap actually goes on. That was you, Joe? Do you remember that? I remember that. I just <laughs> never know it was sourced back to you. You were the one screwing up the beat. <laughs> I wasn't the only one because when I did it, I noticed before the T or the L, other people started doing it too because it was funny. Fair enough. This is 8% alcohol, so don't drink 20 of them. It's got Galaxy and Citra hops. I've already had two, and it's making me feel wonderful. I feel like I'm levitating. Levitating. Uh, but it is very delicious, very fruity, with that slight bitter IPA taste. It's a, it is something that I can drink all day long, and then I would probably pass out instantly because I'd be so drunk. Yeah, so I was in the store today. I go to Hop City, local place down by Crock Street Market. If you guys haven't checked it out, be sure to get in there. They have almost all of our beers of the week. Quick shout out to Hop City. They got two locations in Atlanta. But I'm, I'm there looking for the perfect beer. 
And I said to the attendant that was working there, attendant's not a good word, I just don't know the name for it. I said, what's the best IPA here? And this is the one he pointed out. LaGrange, Georgia, Wild Leap Brewing Company. You guys be sure to check it out if you're ever headed down south. It's like right on the Georgia-Alabama line, I believe. You said you've been to LaGrange before. LaGrange is out there. Yeah, and I, I'm just in my, my side job, I, I sell valves and steel to them sometimes. So oh. uh, it is definitely a, a good city. The blue-collar workers, white-collar workers in rural Georgia. and They're making great beer. They make I, wonderful beer. I really just thought it was a ZZ Top song. Uh, but I learned something new about the great state of Georgia. LaGrange makes great beer. This is a great beer. We're going to keep drinking it. You guys go check it out. Wildly Brew Company. Let's let's go ahead and let's let's break it down. We got a special segment this week. We're going to do a little stock up, stock down. Yeah, Tata came to us and told us to do this segment again because he really loves when we talk about Atlanta United, so he is an avid listener of the show. Well, that, yeah, and also Tata listens to the show every week along with Joseph. Joseph more to figure out what he should do with his hair. Tata listens because every week on Friday morning, Tata Martino, and we have confirmed this with anonymous sources, listens to... ATL is united to figure out his lineup. Yeah, we, we've confirmed it with a source close to the situation. And Joe actually, being our, our resident podcast Spanish expert, communicates with some people on the inside who then communicate to Tata, but they use only Spanish, so we can't really get into too many details. All I can say is it's a source knowledgeable with the subject. And, and anyways, Tata... Good to have you listening once again, like always. Let's talk about who you should play and who you should binge. Let's talk stock up, stock down. Not necessarily of our starting 11. Let's talk about some fringe players. Let's talk about a guy that just kind of fell into stock up, stock down. George Bello, is he going to be on our, you know, I guess our, what is it, starting 18 every week? Yeah, George Bellows stock is as high as it can be that he could ever have imagined during the season. With the injuries that have happened to our left and right back, and he has been on the rise through our academy, and if you guys remember midway through the season at Bobby Dodd Stadium last year, he was one of the kids that was given a contract through Atlanta United, and now as a 16-year-old last game he made it to the 18 and now he is guaranteed i'm going to go ahead and say he's guaranteed to make the 18 again due to our depth at left or right back and i would not be surprised if he makes his debut this week during our game in atlanta united he might be a sub off the bench which would be incredible to see i like to talk about george bellow because it's something that really excites me one i can't believe how much older i am than george bellow he's 16 <laughs> years old he was born after the year 2000. People We're, that are born after the year 2000 still just blow my mind. You're a so, decade older than him. So to our listeners that born past the year 2000, I apologize. You guys are just amazing to me. This guy wasn't playing here in Atlanta, even though he's a local. He wasn't training with, you know, Douglasville. They're, they're like local youth clubs when he was, 
you know, growing up. He wasn't with the Alpharetta Ambush, which is one of the local teams here that has a great youth system that a lot of players play in, travel around and play in tournaments. He was trialing when he was just 15 years old. Actually, he was about to turn 15. He was 14 years old at Everton and in Serie A, uh, Genoa. So he was, he was trialing for teams at 14 years old in Italy and England. It is incredible. Uh, one of Bello's former coaches and mentors said this. I saw this article on Dirty South Soccer that within an hour of seeing him, they both wanted to sign a 14-year-old George Bello. And these are two top clubs That's incredible. in Europe. This guy has arguably the highest ceiling on our entire team. And he's 16 years old, and it's going to take some time, and we can't rush it because everyone knows what happened to Freddie Adu when he got a lot of pressure oh. put on him. I'm taking all the way back to Freddie Adu. Name drop. But coaches have been saying since he was nine years old that that they wanted him to play on their, like, so his U9, he was playing at U9s, and the U14 coach came to the U9 coach and asked, can we let George play with the U14s? He's nine years old. The coach for the 14-year-olds wanted him to come play up with the 14-year-olds. This guy has been five years above his level for a long time. So if he's 16 years old and he's still five years above that level, maybe he's playing like a 21-year-old. Yeah, and I guess that's what I'm getting at. He could get out there and compete. Yeah, and he's been playing USL all year long for ATL UTD2. And before I go on a little further, Lagos Kunga was the third player on the field. I had to get that out there. We didn't forget you, Kunga. Sorry, Lagos, for not mentioning you there, but Bello is the man of the hour. And he's been playing... USL all season long which is still professional soccer he's still playing against grown men and he has been a star and he's shown how good he is so good that Tata Martino has had him practicing with the upper division he's been practicing with the first teamers all season long as well I I love the commitment and I said this earlier in the show and I have to hit on it again our club is committed to our youth That is fantastic to see from a league perspective and from a club perspective. We have great players coming up, Joe. Yeah, and and so that's all the more reason to be be so happy and proud of our club. Um, So George Bellows' stock has got to be way high. Up. Let's move on to another player. Who do you got? George Bellows' stock up. Andrew Carlton. Let's keep it youth-themed here for our listeners because we pretty much know our starting loving right now we have one player that we don't speak of he who shall not be named starts with a b ends with an o andrew carlton who has been playing in his same position i think we have to hit on this he started a game i thought he played great he got benched the next game what was Tata's... Obviously, we switched formations there. We went from four at the back to three at the back. Started playing with wing backs, two strikers instead of three at the front. Carlton was the first guy off the... You know, he, he was the first guy off the pitch. We brought in Kratz. But I think we got to go back to four at the back this game. So, Andrew Carlton's stock up or stock down for you, Joe? I've got to say it's a push. When we had one player get benched for indisciplinary reasons, Bark... Uh, Sorry. You almost said it. The name that shall not be mentioned. He who shall not be named. Carlton was the one that was forced to start. And then the next week, he was just on the bench. So he's definitely going to be on the 18. But now it's it's remained to be seen. Is he going to be a starter? Or is he going to 
be off the bench and does he play? So he's gotten a little playing time. He hasn't. So he he's right there on the verge of breaking out and everybody wants to see him play. But until we see him continually get 45 plus minutes in a game, his stock is a push. And then okay. if he ever makes it back down to USL2, that's when I'll say, or ATL-UTD2, that's when his stock will be dropping. But right now, it's it's just stagnant. Okay, I totally agree with you there, Joe. I would say Carlton's stock is up as long as he who shall not be named is out. We don't know how long that will be. Let's can we, talk, just, let's can talk. we just call him Voldemort? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. That's a little too dark, a little too evil. Voldemort didn't even have a nose. Let's talk about Brandon Vasquez. Bark nose. Let's talk about Vasquez, who's involved with he who shall not be named, and reasons off the field. Let's talk about on the field. Vasquez has been getting more and more playing time. Is he our backup striker now? What happened to Romario? We're not going to talk about Romario in this stock up, stock down section, but what about Brandon Vasquez? Where do you rate him, Joe? Well, for Vasquez, his stock is up. Now, personally... I have not been impressed with his playing during this time period. He hasn't come on. His job as a striker or an attacker is to score goals or create goals. He's done neither. And, Brandon, you have not scored and you have not given an assist, and and you've barely even given an attacking threat. So, although your stock is up in Tata's eyes, I do not like where this is going. And your stock is up, but I I would not tell investors to invest much money into him because I I can see him at his peak and starting to plummet unless he starts creating opportunities. I 100% agree with you. Let's talk about how all this comes into play. I love doing stock up, stock down. I'd say that Vasquez's stock is down because it went up. It had a peak. And then, you know, everyone was like, bye, 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 Vasquez. Vasquez is hot right now. Vasquez, he's really hot right now. And then he's so hot right now. Tata was like, he's like, yeah, Vasquez is hot because Tata listens every week. He throws Vasquez out there, and Vasquez does nothing. And now we're just watching that stock go. So I'm going to say Vasquez stock way down because he had his chances, and he hasn't done anything with it. Let's talk about Tata. Let's break it down even further, and let's go into how Tata, and we know you're listening, Tata, is going to line up this game. All right, yeah, and it's another game that we got to go out and win. We came out with three at the back last week because of the uncertainty in the lineup. But Escobar is back, and we still have McCann, and we still have two true center backs Mm -hmm. in LGP and Parkhurst. So I think we're going back to the four in the back. Okay. And we're going to go do that 4-3-3 or the 4-2-1-1-2. I, I don't know. Too many numbers. 4-3-3 three, three to keep it That's simple. That's a lot of math. But I, I would say with those four in the back, and Remedy and Lorenowitz are going to be center defensive midfielders, kind of inverting as to who goes up and down. And then you got Miguel Amarone in the center. you got Tito Vajalba as that inverted striker that works so well. Gresselmania on the right, who's been playing all season long. And then MVP... The one and only Joseph Martinez scoring all the goals, going out to break a record this week. Let's talk a little bit about Joseph Martinez really quick, and then we'll talk more lineup. Joseph Howe has six multi-goal games in 2018. He has scored in seven straight games. That's the second longest MLS streak ever. If he scores this game, 
And then one more game, he's tied for the MLS record. If he scores in the next three straight games, he's broken the MLS record for goal record back-to-back games. For consecutive games scoring a goal. That's what Blake is talking about. Shocking. That is shocking. That means it just puts your money on it. If Joseph's on the field, he's going to score a goal. He's got 26 total goals this year, running away with the golden boot race. And let's talk about the diversification of his goal-scoring prowess. He's got nine-headed goals this year, crushing anyone around him. And Joseph is not a tall guy. No, and and he scored with his head. He scored with deflections. He scored tap-ins. He scored blasting it. He scored juking the goalie. Is there a theme here? The theme is he scores. He scores. This guy is 5'7", 150 pounds. Like, this is not a big guy. This guy is scoring nine goals with his head. I mean, I know his hair, which is fantastic, gives him a couple extra inches. But that that doesn't help him head the ball in. <laughs> and that, you don't know the mystics of Joseph Martinez's hair. I mean, I know that it pulls the ball closer it's got magnetic powers yeah but as soon as the ball gets closer the magnet reverses itself and shoots the ball into the back of it the just net bounces it right off of his head it's like a it's like a pinball just boom. yeah it's just some some sort of wizardry that he's got going on there well i mean we've talked to joseph before and, and obviously joseph is a listener of the show uh, joseph we we remind you this during hair watch when we bring it up from time to time please please stay blonde Let's talk about one other thing that I want to hit on, and I think you mentioned it, Joe, when we're talking about the lineup and everyone's like, oh, what are we going to roll out here this week? Escobar's back, 100%. LGP and Parkey are our two best center backs, without a doubt. Brad, the wall, is in goal. Let's talk about left back just briefly. We We talked about Bello potentially... We know McCann can play left back, but he's not necessarily a natural left back. We know our other two left backs are on the uh, proverbial DL, if you will, if you're a baseball fan, which, by the way, the Braves have been hot. Uh, I think that left back, to me, is the biggest question mark. I'm shocked that we haven't signed any sort of reinforcements. There's rumors from Bakri Sanya, uh, the French international, which we covered last week, if you guys missed the show. He ended up signing with Montreal. Makes sense. They're a French-speaking city, and he's from France. Makes a lot of sense there. But at the same time, is Chris McCann going to be our starting left back for the rest of the season? Yes, Blake. I am 100% all in with Chris McCann as our left back. Now, I know you may or may, you've liked him at times, you haven't liked him at times, and I've been there too, but as a center defensive midfielder when he pushes other positions. But defensively, he has been sound this season. He has been our guy to hold on to that left back spot. He's been reliable coming in as a sub or filling in when Garza's hurt. And he also provides a little bit of offense with the ability to cross the ball into the box. Now, he leaves a little lacking, a little bit to be desired in his speed. He is not the fastest guy, but... Playing him on the left side, especially if they do what they did a couple weeks ago and invert Tito Vijalba, where Tito, as if McCann sits back further, that allows Tito a lot more space to roam the field and to make blistering runs with all the space in front of him. And I think there would be a wonderful connection between Miggy and Tito on that left side as Chris is allowed to stay back and hold it down defensively. Totally agree with you. I I 100% agree, Joe. I think the hardest part for me is 
if we play four at the back, then we have to decide between Gressel and Carlton with without he who shall not be named in the lineup. If we play if we play four at the back, which I thought we might have tried Gressel at right back, but if we played three at the back, we could keep Gressel at right wing back, where he is honestly thrived the most this year. I don't think Gressel has played that great all the way up as a winger where you had him at. I think he's played best in that three center back formation Mm -hmm. with him as a a right wing back. I also think that Chris McCann is better as a left wing back, kind of like a left midfielder. So I think Tata could potentially roll out the three at the back because Escobar, and like I hit on earlier, we know that LGB and Parkey are two best center backs. Escobar is a natural center back as well. He's a great right back, but he's very versatile. He could play either position excellently. Chris McCann, you're right, lacking speed. He's 31 years old. He's a bigger guy. He's 6'1". He can actually have a physical presence in the midfield, which I think we've sometimes lacked besides Larry. Remedy's a, a great player to break up possession when it's on the ground but it's always good to have a big tall guy in the midfield to win those headers i agree with you joseph miggy tito we know they're in my big question mark is do we stick with four and play gressel on the wing or do we switch to three at the back which we played last game have gressel as a a wing back and and potentially keep just you know joseph and tito up front in that one, two. We had some great offense last game. I thought our defense let us down. So three at the back is a, is a viable option this game. I, I really don't know what Tata's going to do. So Tata, since you're listening, we, we don't know what to tell you. So, no, I, with you saying three at the back, clearly the linchpin there, the well, what's going to happen there, the var- the variable is Lorenowitz played there last week. Now we got a healthy Escobar, who I think, and I think you agree, is a better center back than Lorenowitz. Well, does that mean Lorenowitz is on the bench? Or is Remedy on the bench? Possibly, and with Nagby possibly coming back in the team, Larry could end up on the bench. We don't know what's going on, but we're excited for Saturday. Wait, Saturday? Sunday. Game is on Sunday. I'm always excited for Saturdays. I'm disappointed the game's not till Sunday, but I can hold out hope. Hey, on Saturday we can go out and watch both New Yorks playing on the road. Hopefully they both drop points with us to have a chance to gain points on Sunday. And the Premier League's back. Premier League is back. NFL's right around the corner. But the best team in Atlanta is Atlanta United, and everyone's going to be there watching the game. We want to thank you guys for coming out. What a great week we have ahead of us. Let's go to the bins. Let's go get ourselves a victory. Thank you for listening. This is ATL United. I'm ATL Joe. I'm Blake DeMarsh, man. We'll see you guys next week. Catch you guys Sunday at the Benz. Joseph's record-breaking season. Or Saturday at Brewhouse. We'll be at Brewhouse on Saturday. I'll be at Brewhouse on Saturday watching all the games.